Hi, this is Kristen Cabrera, reporter-producer from the Texas Standard. One of the coolest things about working on the show is getting to tell stories from my community, like this one I did on high school UAL Mariachi. But you know, this is Texas. You'd be hard-pressed to go a week without hearing. Dun-dun! Listen anytime to the Texas Standard, wherever you get your podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios... Hey there. How you doing? You're listening to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that formed and transformed them. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and this week on This Song, we'll be hearing from Jaime Ospina, singer, songwriter, and gaita player for the Austin band Superfonicos. A gaita is a kind of flute that is indigenous to Colombia, and Jaime... He is from Colombia and Superfonicos. They are an Afro-Colombian funk band, which means the music they make draws from the coastal regions of Colombia, has this really deep groove, and they mix it with touches of rock and soul and funk. And they've been gaining traction here in Austin, Texas, for their live shows. I mean, Superfonicos, when they play live, you feel it in this deep way. You can't help but move and like all the members of the band are so committed to the feel they're like in the moment which means that you are in the moment you know they're that kind of live band and superfonicos they just came out with an ep it's called suelta and they came into studio on a here at ktx the radio station where we make this podcast to do a live performance and of course they killed it And afterwards, I got to sit down with Jaime, and he told me about a song and a genre that got him interested in the roots music of his home country. There's a song by Gary Clark Jr. that I really, really love that is called When My Train Pulls In. I was a teacher in the American school in Bogota, and uh, I don't know why, I just like went to YouTube, and I just like put Gary Clark on the search box, and then this like video that was like released very recently came out of like when my train pulls in on Pedernales studio and I just like I mean it totally blew my mind everything like the song the performance it was really a first time that I that I get to like see him like doing his thing every day nothing seemed to change everywhere I go had this like bunch of like ninth graders that were like coming and it was like on the beginning of the semester so we, we were kind of like figuring out what, what kind of music we want to play so they got in the classroom and I was like watching the video and they got like totally mesmerized. like this song and they were like this song is so amazing it's so I was like 
do you want me to like teach you how to make it? And they were like, for sure. And it was like a four months process and we, we didn't work on any other song. And I just like show them like every single piece of it. And there was no like lead guitar player. So I was pretty much like playing lead for that project. And then we ended up like playing it in front of the entire high school. And it was like awesome. And then it got recorded. And uh, I mean, it's, it really shows the power of a good song. I'll be ready now. I'll be ready when my train goes I'll be ready now. I'll be ready when my train goes I know my time is long enough, but I am never sad. Kind of like that song summarizes many things for me, like my my love for blues. And but at the same time, what got me curious about my root Colombian root music is my love for blues. You know how you can you start like getting deeper and deeper into like understanding music, and then you you start like learning about like all these like guys from the like 40s and 30s and the 50s and Robert Johnson, and then you really start like connecting everything and understanding like the power of the African-American music. And I remember like at certain point in my life, like wondering like, where is the Colombian Muddy Waters? You know, there might be these like African-Colombian guys that have this like really raw, powerful, spiritual way of making music. So it's really my love for blues and my understanding of blues that sparks the curiosity about the Colombian roots music. And then I just like start a whole like travel around the Colombian coast, the Caribbean and the Pacific coast looking for these guys. And I, and I found them and I met them and, and then I just like start learning from them. And it, it, it was an t- absolute like life changer. Now I'm here, but I'm bringing the knowledge and the tradition from from Colombia and somehow helping Americans to stop being ignorant about my country and my culture and I and I really feel like I'm I'm like representing a a whole like family of like musicians that is amazing And it, it's so interesting that your love for the roots music of your own country started with the roots music of the U.S., like the the blues. And so how did you come to, to American blues music first? I remember going to watch the Blues Brothers movie when I was eight years old. And I didn't know anything about it. But I remember that something about the soundtrack of that movie shook me, like, to my core. You better think, think, think about what's trying to do. Much 
then I realized that it was like Ray Charlton, Aretha, Franklin, and you know, and all these guys from Memphis. Then I just like understand that. But I remember like falling in love with African American soul and R&B through that uh, movie. Then the first time that I come to the States on 82, we, we go to New York, we got on a music store, and my dad says, like, I'm going to buy you two cassettes. That This is still, like, cassette era. <laughs> and I started, like, you know, digging in the racks, and I found the best of the Blues Brothers and uh, Let It Be by the Beatles. So these are the two tapes that I choose. And I remember, like, coming ba- going back to, to Colombia and, like, listening to that Best of Blues Brothers, like, over and over and over and over and over again without really understanding anything. I just, like, knew on a very, like, instinctive, intuitive way that I just, like, like it. I like the groove. I like the way it makes me feel. It feels good on my, on my bones. Well, I know that the boogaloo is out of sight But the shingalaces thing passes by and I just like put the, the cassette on, on, you know, on the bookshelf and, and then I start making music when I'm 14 and I actually start like my music journey singing with the school band and then I got to college and then a friend of mine invited me to like his band playing bass uh, and I started like playing bass and then I just like discovered this great bass player, Colombian bass player called Chato Rivas and I just like called him and I was like why don't you, like, teach me? And the first time that we get together, he's like, what kind of music you want to play? And I say, like, rock. And then he just, like, tells me, like, if you really want to understand rock, first of all, you need to understand the blues. It was, like, a great advice. So then I go back home after that class, and the only part of my music collection that has the word blues on it was the Blues Brothers, <laughs> the Blues Brothers tape. <laughs> she complicated Left me a new to ride She complicated Left me a new to ride And then I just like learn every single bass line from that tape without knowing that that bass player is Donald Don, that is one of the, you know, one of the groove masters of, like, American music. Afro-Colombia and Afro-America are so connected, like, Probably we with Superphonicos, we know it and we feel it. American people, it's just realizing about it because we've been kind of like the forbidden country for like many years. And every single time that you say that you're Colombian, the first thing that people think is about like narcos and war and guerrilla and blood and, you know, and drug lords and all of that stuff. Americans haven't really even like think about Colombia, but... We've been there for 
thousands of years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Afro-Colombian music, it's so connected with the African-American music. And pretty much, and I think that's why superphonicos make so much sense for the American community. You know, in a very intuitive, instinctive way, what Americans feel when they listen to superphonicos and the Afro-Colombian mix that we have is what I felt listening to Donald Dunn when I was eight years old in 1981. And in the end, it's just the power of Africa. Yeah. I mean, there are survivors on the most amazing way. They, what they have survived in, 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 in America, understanding America like the whole thing, not just the States. It's crazy that what they have like survived. It's, and they're there, and their music is there, and it's everywhere. I mean, Africa, it's, it's everywhere. I think bridges, it's all, you really want to make a effective like resistance on these like really hard political times. Don't, don't fight those like building walls, go and build bridges. You know what I mean? You, you can go and like protest to those that are building walls and then you're going to lose all your energy and they're going to build their wall anyways. Or you can just like go and build bridges. Instead of like fighting whoever, it's like creating something that you don't like. Go and create something else that you really believe on. And I, and I think that's what's happening. And there's been a couple, there's been like Colombian musicians already that have come to, to Austin. And, uh, and it's getting there. And there are more like uh, Austinites getting infected. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like loving the way Austin is loving it. And I love to see how many like Americans are like coming to our shows and like jumping on it and like enjoying it because that's that's the whole point. That's the whole idea. And and in the end that's that's in the core of why African slaves were making what they were making. Because if they don't do it, they don't survive. I mean it was like so heavy and so brutal and so in so many ways that their really their way to like overcome it was just like to get together and like play their drums and like dance and getting their like musical trance for 30 minutes an hour 
You go, you go to the Pacific Coast in Colombia, and the Afro-Colombian communities there, they, they, they can play a groove for 30 minutes with the marimbas and the drums and the hand drums and the stick drums and the shakers, and they sing. And, you know, it's, it's about survival. And uh, at the same time, I feel like there's, there's so much, like, bad vibe around right now with the politics and all the things that are happening and the horrible things that men have been like doing to like women for like thousands of years. It's heavy, you know, it's there. So if we can just like make the people for an hour and a half like, shake their booty and, and put their mind off and just like forget about that and just like, you know, get back this like sense of community, then for me, that's the most powerful resistance that you can do without even like saying it. You just like whatever, whatever get get us together, and and doesn't divide us is for me is resistance. Whatever makes you happy and joyful, it's resistance. is Rio Negro from Superfonico's new EP, Suelta. And you know what? I'm listening to Jaime. Music, dancing, community, togetherness, positivity. That's where I'm going to put my energy. And lucky for me, and lucky for you if you live in Austin, Superfonico's is playing some shows. They will be at Mohawk in Austin tomorrow night, Thursday, November 8th at 6 p.m., They're also part of the Saturnalia Festival. They'll be at the Sahara Lounge for that on November 17th. They're even playing New Year's Eve here in Austin. Maybe I will see you at one of those shows. You can find a link to their tour dates along with a link to their album and a link to their Studio 1A performance on the show notes page for this episode at KUTX or on the notes section of the podcast app. And as always, you can find a Spotify playlist there where you can listen to all the songs we referenced in this episode all the way through. And that's it. You have come to the end of another episode of This Song. This song is a production of KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced by Art Levy and me, Elizabeth McQueen. Thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And yes, it's true. Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own Hard Proof. Right on. Thanks for listening. And take care of yourself, okay? Talk to you next time.
KUT's next AT Explained live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.